On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I are back in the studio. Uh, that is the green room, John's uh, simulator. In person, we actually taste uh, a nice little Old Hammer local Indiana bourbon at the end. We talk a little bit about the FedEx Cup. We talk about my new Mizuno irons a little bit, hit a little bit in the, uh, the simulator, and um, talk about how shitty... Uh, we played in the club championship, and we probably ramble on too much about that. But hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, this is uh, we'll have one more episode before the end of season two, so stay tuned for that. But enjoy this one. Thanks. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Faded Golf Podcast. This is season two, of course. Uh, I'm Mark Juline here in, we're going to call it the green room for tonight until we come up with a cooler name, but we're in uh, Mr. Falkenberg's simulator green room. John, what's up, man? What's up? I'm just over here trying to contemplate a better name than the green room. Okay. I mean. The cut shot. Ooh, the cut shot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's really, a playoff it's, faded. It's, it's really not a place, but we could make it a place. Call it the cut. Where you, where you guys going? I'm going to the cut shot. The cut shop? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Could be the cut shop. <laughs> the duff? I don't like the duff. It, maybe it needs... I kind of like the cut shop. The cut shop's okay. It's all right, because, you know, it's faded. We got the faded, so it's a cut, right? I don't know. could work. We'll have to play with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we've taken um, a week or so off, a couple <laughs> weeks off, I guess, Um the uh, hook? In our in our preparations for fuck, I should name it the hook. I know that fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was my demise. Actually, the, it could be, you know we got faded golf. This could just be called the drawing room. <laughs> yeah, because that's actually not bad. It's not bad. Just go opposite the drawing room. Faded golf. This is the drawing room. The, pro- um, the provisional. Yeah, the provisional. Well, based on our play in the uh, club championship this past weekend, we could definitely call it the provisional. The shank. The shank. I, I had one. I know. It's great. It, and you still shot. I still shot even par that day. Yeah. That's, with, with a shank. That that uh, that usually doesn't get out of your head either. Oh, trust me. The next wedge I had, oh, it was there. It was there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you probably hit it a little left. Oh, I, you know, I stood a little further away from the ball, and I definitely made sure my weight was on my toward my heels. Yeah, definitely made sure my weight was a little bit of a toe wedge. Yeah, yeah, I I was gonna make sure I hit that one toward the toe. So, um, but yeah, we're we're back after uh, a couple weeks off. We did have our club championship three day competition. Uh, Shout out to this year's champion, Mr. Cousins. Uh, played, played very Solid. steady golf over three days. I think he finished at six over over three days, which is solid. That's, that's the best. That's the I think that's the lowest score that's wanted out here in the last. That wasn't a two day event. Yes, the two day event I think might have been better. Um, but, but that's yeah, that is. But it's got an asterisk there, which yeah. I think he might have been one under. I think over two days or around even par. One, yeah, he was like one. He was like one or two. Yeah, he was like he had a couple like. Well, he, had a hole, he had a hole in one, I think, on one day. So. Yeah. Anyway, but we got rained out, so it was a two day event. So, you know, we'll play with that. Was that the year we went to Ryder Cup? 
Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, because that was two years ago. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Yeah. But I'd like to do that again, but in this world, that yeah. shit. Oh, it'd be awesome. Let's do that again. <laughs> what is that? I have no idea. No one knows anymore. We can like barely get together in our in a basement and feel like we're not spreading COVID. I don't know. Socially distanced. Yeah. So kids are back in school. We sucked at the club championship. I guess I got fourth, which was like a just out of the money. Yeah. Out of the, out of the shop credit. Out of the shop credit. 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't play bad. You just... I had the had, one day. You had the one day. I had the one day. I I played like garbage. I just did not... Well, I you played more. worse on the one on the first day than I did, yeah, which is I, not good. No. And then shot 75 and then 79. And I got mentioned in the newsletter, though. Did you, did you read that at all? No. It came out yesterday or this morning or whatever it did. You were honorable mention for it? I was like an honorable mention for my day two round. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have the low round of the tournament? Uh, Johnny and I did at 72, I think. Yeah. Mm. So, shooting even par. Conditions were tough. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. They're tough out there. I, I, I really didn't think they were. No. I thought, like. I thought the, I thought the course um, played short. Um, I thought it played. Um, it was definitely like the par threes all played easy uh, from where the tees were. Uh, I think some of the toughest holes out there could have been, you know, made a little bit tougher. But I think the only thing that really protected the course was the rough because it slowed you up. Like if you hit the fairway, it, it'd go pretty good ways. The rough slowed you it, up. It gave you some weird lies. I had a couple flyers. Um, I had a couple that really just kind of ate the club up a little bit if you because if, you could get a, a kind of a nasty lie when you were in there. Um, and I think after the rain, that threw a few people off too. So if you depending on how many holes you had left to play when we had the rain delay on Friday to even Saturday morning in some of the damp areas, I think that threw a few people off. But, I mean, if that's – it's not like they planned for that to throw people off. So to me, yes, the conditions – it was it was the the toughest day was Friday as far as where they had the tees set up, um, but it uh, hey it was still had to play golf and Mr. Cousins did uh, Johnny and Mr. Side also did well. played played well so hold on in. cheers to a tournament that um, I'll keep hoping to win. Was my one my one golf goal for the year. I know you have multiple golf goals for the year, John, but I had one, and that was to win the club championship. And I check fail. Yeah, I had three three goals of the year. I wanted to shoot in the sixties from the gold tees, mm-hmm. and I did that. Um, and I wanted to play with a PGA Tour pro. Did that, mm-hmm. and I wanted to win the club championship. Club championship was on the top. Yeah, didn't do it. Failed miserably. We'll come back and I'll try again. I'll. That's all we can do, yep. man. That's all I'm gonna do. It's, you know, I, um, we've both became plus handicaps at some point this summer, which won us basically then no money. <laughs> um, in any game that I played with anybody, the the best chance I had at winning any money was basically in scratch games, and even in that scenario, I don't think I won anything really. <laughs> So, 
You um, you have not from a from a gambling perspective. I haven't done like great, but I'm I'm, I'm ahead. No, I got nothing. I'm I'm ahead. I'm I'm at least down four or five hundred bucks. <laughs> and I'm tra- we're talking about playing. Think about this. We're talking about playing like ten dollar Nassau's. I know. And I've probably only played, um, whatever. What's what's Pate's freaking game? Sneaks. Uh, sneaks. I've probably only played Sneakies twice with you guys too. One took me for a a boatload. Yeah, and, that was that was. I'll take the blame for that one. And, but I've I mean. And that, but then I lost. I mean, I lost a big Nassau with a bunch of presses. I think I lost eighty me, bucks in a Nassau. I me. lost it to you. That's right. So, and then you know another thirty. Hey, maybe it's closer to three, four hundred that I'm down when it's all said and done. Oh, but who cares? It's all fine. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you're. You know, it's not like you're losing a mortgage payment. No. If you lose a mortgage payment, you probably shouldn't gamble on golf, or you should probably get your handicap. Right. Well, what I guess my point is is that that's how much I'm losing is that I'm down three hundred plus dollar, three to four hundred bucks, playing ten dollar Nassau's and dollar points with, you know, and and but that's with my handicap, I got like no chance. I got nothing. The problem is, is like it, we're similar, and you and I have the ability to go. L- Low, but we also have the 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 very distinct ability to, to to shoot a dickhead score with our handicap. I mean, if you're plus one and you've been above that, I think you were like plus one point five or one point two, one point seven or eight at one point two. I mean, so if you shoot an eighty and you're almost a plus two, right? <laughs> you're no, done. You're yeah, fucking you're toast. like, hey, well, just I, this take th- my money. This is the thing. It's like my potential. To shoot higher than my handicap is so much better than somebody else's potential. I mean, like that; those odds are so much greater than, or similar, I guess you could say, to the odds that a higher handicap can go like low. Like I, to me, I look at like somebody who's like a fifteen or something like that. That you know, or let's just see, like 14, 15, that shoots around ninety, right? Let's some some guy that shoots around ninety a bunch. That guy could easily, in my mind, shoot eighty five on a given day, like easily. Me, what are the odds of me shooting seventy and sixty eight? Like, it, it pretty small. Yeah, one in one out of rounds? one out of maybe every eight rounds or something. Sixty eight. Like one, I think you seventies one out of seventy. Probably you I do shot, that one in I shot a couple seventy ones back to back. Seventy from the gold, like seventy period. Golds or blues out here. It's a great score. It's a great score. I shot seventy for blues in the TPC, and I should have shot sixty seven. I was four under, sitting in seventeen fairway, waiting for other. I'd take a freaking nap, and then I shoot a seventy. So as we've gotten through. I love this where you went. I'm, I'm transitioning because the, the shit up. So based on yeah, because sh- because our we were having depressing podcasts yes. talking about our but, shit, but, but was performance. But, so based on the should have, the should have. What is it that you feel like you need to do now? Um, ba- like, I, we've I, gotten I, through the whole season. You've won some money. You've lost some money playing fun golf. You've played in a few tournaments. You've, you know, you won a closest to the pin contest that won you some money. What you know, like what are some? There were a couple highlights through the year, I'm sure. But now that you're like 
going into the fall and you're thinking about, okay, well, and we get through the club championship. That's like the pinnacle of the year. Like now what do you need to work on? Um, it's so new goals, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to set the new goal for the golf season until like January. Sure. But I but know what, you, what, I, what are you thinking about? I know I need to work on. So, you know, I completely changed my driver swing this year. Yeah. So I've really been working hard at that. So well, now I'm going. Your your iron swing doesn't go to parallel, but yet your driver swing used to go like to parallel or past. Past. Like <laughs> it hit my shoulder half the time. Like my so shoulder. You sh- so you shortened up. Yeah, shorted up. I lost power. And now I'm figuring that out. So I'm going to, I I know I need to get better with that off the tee. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to focus on like probably a go-to shot. And I think it's going to be a fade. I'm going to go to a real pro because I've never really done a lesson in my life. There you go. Like I've done one or two and I, they were, they weren't committed yeah. and they were, you know, long, long time ago when I just started golf. You know who went to a real pro who? this week? Like not an internet pro. Who? Michael Hart. He did. Hungry Where'd like the wolf. Man. Where'd he go? He went to go see Brandon. Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go to a guy. Okay, look, we can. We this is a good thing. Like we yeah. talk about it now, and then we'll yes. I'll grade it when I get back. Yes. So I think I'm gonna go next Tuesday to a guy named Jason Carbone. Mm-hmm. Carbone. What I like, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. So he's a uh, in, the head of instruction of Woodland. Mm-hmm. This is his first year, but I looked at his background. He's been recommended by some other people, like by Golf Week or Golf Magazine. He was a top 100 instructor. Okay. He's a Baltusrol. Right. Yeah. For a long time. He's like real big in those Jim McLean schools. Okay. So, you know, I, so he's I want. He's been around the block. Yeah. I want like real instruction. Yep. And I'm going to follow it. Got it. Besides, of just, I'm a complete self taught golfer. Okay. So I am going to work on that off the tee and because I, I feel like my short game has just went to a new level. Like, it's gotten a lot better. My putting improved a ton this year. Iron play was, eh. It was okay. It could, you know, that, that's a part of the game I feel like that, you know, you just you fiddle with, you can get it worked out. But... Yeah, I want to improve off the tee. I mean, I have I'm good off the tee with like the two hybrids. You did lose some length this year. I noticed that, like, um, which put more pressure on your long game for sure. Yeah, you are still hitting your irons just as far, um, but I would agree uh, your tee game was a little off this year. It's just off a little bit, but still, I I improved from last year because I changed. So something was going the right direction just based on the handicap because I was like. I don't know. Maybe like, keeping it in play more often or what? Yeah. Well, I think, what was I? An average probably two or three last year? Yep. We were both like two handicaps like all year. You you got down to closer to I a I got scratch. like a one, maybe down to a point five at best. So you stopped driving, by, driving the ball like a dickhead this year? Yep. You got to a point where you were hitting a shot you could go to? Yep. So I got except, to point... Uh, except last Friday. So <laughs> I, I got to a point where I, got, I kept a ball in play. Now I need to get to the point where I'm hitting the ball with power. Not I don't care about keeping up with people. That's not the. That's not what I'm saying. I just need to hit my potential. Yep, I like it. So those are those like are what it. I'm thinking. I like it. I got. Um, I'm always going to keep working on my putting. I don't know. I'm like a, a wacko. I just I want to be the best putter. 
I just always want to be the best putter. You're a good putter. I I feel like I'm a good putter, but at the same time, I always want to be better. So I'll continue to work on that. And I, I was, well, we were talking earlier. I went back through the three rounds What's, from the weekend, and I felt like I had five opportunity, I'll call them opportunity putts. Basically anything inside 15 feet. Some of them were inside 10 feet. I had five opportunity putts each day that didn't go. And if I would have made two of those five, I win the freaking thing. See, I don't I can't think about putt, I don't think about putts that way. I think about like off the tee out of bound shots. That kind of shit are going the water. Because that stuff so, is way okay, more controllable. So, so number one, make I want to make more putts inside 15 feet if I can, inside 10 feet. You know, basically seize the opportunities I have. On, I would let, like to do that. But let me let me stop you for one second for what you just said. Yep. Because I think there's a perspective that you should take. So you asked Tiger Woods what he practices yep. on his putts. He practices nine feet and inside. Six. Six and seven. Like six and yeah. seven and then lag putts. Yep. He does not practice 10 to 15 footers. No, I don't, I'm not going to practice them. I just want to make more of them because I'm going to practice also, yeah. The, like They're luck. They're luck going in. It's basically a 50. It's not even 50-50. It's less. Yeah. It's like a 30-40% chance. Point is, I want to become a better putter. You do. You're a good putter. So, one. But I'm always going to work on that. Are you, do you, you miss did, Do you, you miss five footers? Yes. Well, not then a that, lot. I mean, that's 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 a where where I'm like, okay, I got to make those. Yeah. No, I I barely had any five footers because I lagged everything so, to so short of the hole. I had like one foot tap ins all freaking weekend. So Dude, that's frustrating. Know. Didn't I wasn't even getting shit to the hole. But anyway, that that was mental error. Dude, you're you're if you you would have won the club championship, if I was caddying for you. If I had a caddy, I would have won because yeah, I would have told you like on five. So, like, other like, thing I will be working on, and here I will say, dude, I hit 16 greens on Saturday. I actually think my course management was better than most over the weekend. I hit a ton of greens. Here's where I didn't do well. Long, like, long irons, long shots, longer clubs in the bag, like, extreme misses. Like really bad misses. You know what you were? Here's what I when I'm doing when I'm missing those, and I notice it. I finally fucking had some click. You're using arms. Oh yeah, I'm getting quick using with arms. arms. I'm trying to like muscle, like I'm trying to muscle stuff instead of like letting the club just do the work and go with the body. Yep. And um, I I ended up blo- I mean I blocked. I mean penalty shot wise, I just you know just bad stuff. So well here here's the you know. You, so your folks are number one is putting. I mean, so I think what people can relate to, what they're hearing us, mm-hmm. is like, everybody wants to get better. Yeah. Everybody fucking hates losing. Yep. You know, everybody wants to win. But here's what golf is that most of the time, 90 fucking 9% of the time, 98, you're going to lose. If you yeah. only count as first as a win, you're going to lose. Yeah. It's just the way it is because there's so many people playing in the same yeah. tournament. But I feel like, I had more than a more than a fifteen percent chance of winning this year. That's why I felt like twenty. I felt like I felt like I should have been more in the mix. But so what? This is the fucking way it is. You yeah. move on. You want to improve, and I like your thought process of like what I'm going to do to get better 
for next year yep. to try to get better at that. Yeah, I'm going to keep focused on putting because I think it's one of the most important things of the game. So that's number one in my mind. Like I don't want that. I don't want to take my good putting for granted. I guess is my point, John. I want to always strive to even make more putts if I can. But another thing I was thinking too is that I need to prepare myself better for tournament golf. Yes. So I'm going to probably enter a couple tournaments. Yeah. And just playing it, get the feelings going. Yep. And just say, you know, go. I think a lot of times people don't do that because they're afraid that they're going to throw up a bad score and like look like a dipshit. Yeah. And and like you got to get and over wait, that. Waste their time or something. Yeah. I get you, it. You just have to get over that. Yeah. And say, look, waste my time and then play. But so what if you do? Yep. Who cares? I don't. I mean, it, once you get more comfortable in the situation, you're going to naturally start playing better. Yep. Because it is a different feeling. Oh, absolutely. I've tried out for the um, Indiana Amateur, or I played the Indiana Amateur one time when I first moved back here. I, that could be another goal of mine. But those guys are good. Mid-Am could be actually fun to play them. We could do the... Uh, I'm old. We could do the Mid-Am. We could do the USGA Mid-Am qualifier that's in, at the uh, Delaware mm-hmm. Country Club. We, we could do it. Uh, there's a team one. Oh, yeah. At the one in... Um, we should do that. What the USGA one? We should look at that. Okay, hey, I'm do something fun. Yeah, I mean, I, but again, it goes back to like I, I was also thinking about. It after, I was like, I do this. I do this for fun. I'm never gonna eh. make. I'm never gonna make money at it. No, I mean, unless our podcast goes insanely crazy, <laughs> which it has. It's hey, it's, we're growing. Hey, we're 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 aspiring. Yeah, but we're growing. Um. The number, the number one thing is that why I, I love golf because I enjoy it. Yep. And you know what? I enjoy actually playing with like you and like my buddies and like going out and we just we compete against each other. When you get this super serious competitive, I'm good for that. I can do it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole life, whatever I do. But sometimes, is it always fun? I, I learned a lot this weekend. And I was telling you about it before we started recording. I learned a lot this weekend about playing with people you don't necessarily play with all the time, as well as playing with people that you do play with, but in a different environment like this. You know, because, you know, like I'm used to playing with Pate, but in this casual kind of like money round, you know, whatever. And, you know, to me, it's just, I I just don't, I don't really care as much, that kind of thing. But like, seeing how he treated this event differently was like, it was just an odd, it was a different type of feeling. And I was like, I was just trying to play my game and it was just different. Um, and again, just like playing with different players and kind of learning through like what, like what their game was doing. I, I mean, I had to really tune it out and like, I'll give you an example on Saturday, one dude shot 90, the other dude shot 80, but I, I shot even par. I had to hold it together. And like not like and just basically block out block out bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a point that like when I shoot a really low round, I'm not paying attention to anybody else. I, I don't was, give a uh, shit. By 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 about the sixth or seventh hole that day, when I knew I, like things were going well, I I did. I basically was like, okay, you focus in. Well, I, and here, I needed to do a better job of that on Friday and a better job of that on s- Sunday too. But I mean. There's a if I like get locked in and start going, like I don't even like talking to a lot of people. 
And if that's the way I got to treat it, I mean, that's... That. So, so that, that's kind of interesting, and maybe kind of where I, my head was starting to go is that, you know, you brought up just a, a couple minutes ago, you like going out and just like playing with the guys and having a good time, and that's like, this is just a game to us. We aren't making any money doing this, and it's fun. But when you, when you don't play in tournaments that much, and you, re- you realize that like your mindset actually has to change a little bit. It and, does that you've, you've got to get comfortable and used to playing like that. And, um, or, and or throw that out the window and just play like you don't care, one or the other. And pros do that. There are some pros that do that, yeah. i.e. the guy that fucking went 30 under and then you know, knocks down 30-foot yeah. putts to force a playoff. Like, he, doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. He does not. He goes out there just like, whatever. Yeah, him and Brooksy just go out there literally and just like, well, I'm just going to dominate today. Uh, whether If I don't, it's no big deal. You know, and it's like, okay. DJ believes that. I don't know if Brooks does. No, DJ, yeah, that's true. But I, I, I find it hard. Like, I just, I have, a, I have a competitive nature and desire to shoot well and play well usually. But I know when it doesn't matter because we're like, like Friday we'll go out and we'll play. And I'm like, it won't matter because we'll have like a $10 NASA on the line and it won't fucking matter. It really won't. You know, it's just like, but what's the but what's the club championship matter? Like there's seventeen, eighteen guys. Why because, does that matter? Because it just like there's like this, I don't know. There's just like this bragging rights, maybe, or if it's like just this, some stigma that you get like now attached to, like that's you're the club champ, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, do I really want that? I don't know. For for some reason, I want to know that I won something. Yeah, you. you I like winning shit. Yeah, you like winning shit. Yeah, but I mean, so why? I mean, well, I want to win, but I, I think but that's it, what it comes down it's to. Not, it's, it's a lot more than winning a ten dollar Nassau. Um, well, a ten dollar. Well, what if it's a, you know, when you be when like you, a three hundred dollar sneaks when, game? It, when you beat your peers, like a group of your peers, like that over three days, that's pretty impressive. Than just going out for one day and winning a front nine and and pushing pushing the back I, nine I and or some shit. You I know, do. it's like I agree with that, but it's a point in time. It is. Like it's a point in time. Well, that's, that's the challenge with like what we're getting into right now. The playoffs for these PG. Who playoffs? You kidding me? Yeah, I mean it's a point. Like do, you know how, go- a- but you know how golf works. Like you were playing probably better golf earlier sure. this year. I w- I know I was. We talked about this on this show. I I I'd love to go back in the archives and find out what it is. But like Charlie Hoffman plays really wet well on the West Coast swing. And then the and so he's like always kind of in the hunt and stuff, and then he plays well at Augusta, and then the guy kind of like vanishes after Augusta. It's like it's like is he on tour now? Does he play decent golf and get some top twenties and stuff like that? Sure, but he he is like I'd never want to gamble against that fucker. Hell no, especially out in Vegas Holy or shit. anywhere on the West Coast because that dude will smoke your ass because he loves it out there. And Phil says that guy's tough to gamble against. I believe that. Yeah, him and him and Hoffman love to go back and forth, but yeah, I, I just I, if there, there's a comfort level once you get used to the the tournament golf, and you, you know you're around. When I'm like coaching high school golf, and I wasn't around this year, so I kind of got like less used to it. But when I was coaching, I'm around it all the time. I got kind of used to it, so like club yeah. championships kind of felt like it. Yeah, but you know, we're just I, I wasn't exposed to it that much this year, so maybe that had something to do with how I felt. I. I didn't really think of it that way. I just sucked. <laughs> well, I went in, I went into Friday much more comfortable 
than I have the previous three years. Like, I so wanted to play like well the pre. I went into it, and I just I literally had four bad swings this year, and and, well, and none of them bothered me. Just at the end of the day, the scorecard looked like so, shit. So I, what I want to do is I want to get out of our OCD because that's what we're doing right now. Yep. Because we're we're dwelling on this fucking shit. We're ruminating. Yeah. Let's let's get out. I want to switch over. Mark got some buttery new clubs. Oh. And what we're gonna do here, and I'm gonna commentate while you do it. I'm gonna put on the simulator. Yeah. And I want to get some feedback. You know how far you hit like your seven iron before, yes. right? Yep. On with your pinks. Yep. So let's do like a first shot with first readings. On the sim, okay. Right okay. now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this real quick, and we'll be right back with that. Okay, we're back. Mark is uh, on the simulator, and he's got a. So let me uh, give a little preface on these new clubs. Mark just acquired the MP20s, Mizuno's. The MMC version. The MMC version, just beautiful clubs. They're forged. The face looks like my my Mizunos, the 919s. Yeah. Um, very similar. Very similar, but they have a little thinner top line look. Yeah, I noticed they, that. They call it like the Elite Player's Cavity Back. The Elite Player's Cavity Back, which I really I like that. Yeah. So, Mark, what do you normally hit? What did you hit your 7-iron pings? Uh, it's like a 170 club. 170, okay. 170 yards. Was that the carry? Was that the carry? Yeah, carry. Okay. So that would be um, my typical seven iron. Um, Let's see. Hey, so you were hitting these in uh, at PJ Superstore or something. Yeah, so these have the, the longer irons have a little bit stronger loss. This can, it only comes in four through pitching wedge. You can't even get a three iron in here. Okay. Okay. Let's take it. Let's see what happens here. Let's see. Uh, First hit. All right. Man, it looked pretty good. Nice little draw. 106 apex. A one. Yeah, that's pretty. Launch angle is good, 22. That's not as high as your, I remember your 7 iron. Toey, but good. Feels pretty good. Ball flight through that little 10 yard seam off that. That's, that's the forge for you. Can't miss it that bad. Ball speed was a little slower. One eighteen ball speed. I like that. Yep, that's a good ball. Yep. See, I can't tell. Here, look at the reading. Does, but is it? Here's the thing. I haven't figured out on my this new sim is the run. Is that how long it ran out? And then your carry was one sixty eight. I don't know either. I mean, because that's a that's a big seven iron. Period. Yeah. That was even hit better. Well, so once you come back on the 
on the pod. Let me look. Look, you know, you hit it a just a hair off the toe too. Look at that. Look at that picture. Just a hair, and you're hitting it that good. All right. Why don't you hop on there? I'm gonna hit a couple while you talk it through and give some feedback of how you liked it. So, to me, coming. I, so I was a MP60 guy. What ten years ago? Well, I guess it'd be five years ago. I I got rid of those, um, but I had those for about five years. So I had the Mizuno MP60s, which again were like a cavity back blade, um, so something more forgiving. It had the cut muscle in it, um, and with these, with these, giving up moving from ping to to this was one. It was a look thing. Um, I kind of wanted to get back to more of this like traditional looking blade. Um, and then secondly, uh, I just loved the feel and it still had the forgiveness. And I actually liked that I got, um, yeah, boom. Um, I actually liked that I got a little bit more yardage out of them. Um, what it ended up doing is it creates a, an extra, uh, gap in my bag. Um, because I basically can hit, I, to me, it's like the, uh, the seven iron's going to play more like the six iron, um, the four iron's going to play more like a three iron, those kind of things. And, and, but then as we kind of get down into the set, I think it'll fill in some gaps. And I always felt like my eight iron in my uh, other set, uh, it was a weird club because it went, let's call it 160 or 158 or something like that. And I, I often found myself choking down on a seven iron and hitting like a punch seven, um, maybe 160 or 165 rather than hitting a full eight iron. And I would also find myself hitting a nine iron, 150, 155 versus maybe choking down on an eight. So I think I had a weird gap in my set. And I think this set is going to help me uh, fill those gaps just because of some stronger lofts. Um, and then the other gap that it actually kind of creates is that um, where I didn't have, because uh, I ca carried the three iron, um, I think now I'm able to carry an extra uh, hybrid or three wood or something like that. So, um, Oh, it's still, yeah. Well, I, th I think... I think the idea with this is that it's still meant to be more like a blade. It just has, because it has these, all these materials, they've got, I mean, there's like a layer of copper under the chrome or some shit. I don't even know. But, um, and then there's this, this obviously this, this tungsten weight that's in the toe. And then there's this um, titanium piece in the back that helps you get uh, some, loft out of it as well, even though there's stronger lofted clubs. So um, I just went with the uh, the S300 um, True Temper Dynamic Golds. Just kind of, I mean, this is like your standard freaking golf shaft, right? Um, I really didn't try to do anything special. I had those in my other Mizunos. I really liked them. And I've got True Temper S400s in my wedges. So I felt like, you know, might as well do something that's consistent. And, um, yeah, so I've been happy with it so far. And I hit, <laughs> I went to PGA Superstore probably, I don't know, I probably went there five times hitting these, 
and the MP, um, the MP uh, twenty like blades, and I just the the blades went the same distance as my current clubs, and I knew if I miss and when I would miss them, they definitely you could feel the the impact on them. This they I felt they they were more forgiving, um, and they gave me at least five to ten more yards on some clubs, and um, I don't know. So that's uh that was where the decision, and they just feel like butter. Than yours. Yeah. I think uh, they. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm happy with the pickup. I'm happy with the purchase. I think it'll be interesting for me to figure out all my yardages, but um, I'll hopefully I'll dial those in pretty quick and be good to go. So, what'd you think? What were your impressions? Because you you are a you're a Mizuno 919 forged. And you came off of, what, Titleists last year? Well, just look at that right there. <laughs> I mean, that's about as straight a wedge you're going to get. I, I really like them. It, I mean, a lot. Yeah. Like, but I'm a Mizuno guy. Oh, yeah. But those are probably some of the best Mizunos I've ever hit. Um, yeah, now you know why I was like. I, and you know, I, mean, you, I, I talked about these all summer long off and on with you and you're like dude just pull the trigger and i just you know it's like it's it's like anything you go out and you play good golf with your current clubs and people are like well why would you change them and to me i was like i was i've been playing good golf with my pings um i started to see some wear and tear on a couple of my iron like the seven iron which i warm up with every round um starting to see some face wear on it and couple of the toes on those clubs were starting to get kind of dinged up probably for me throwing them in the bag or something like that. So I was like, five years, that's that's a good amount of time on some irons. Yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm going to go on my third season with the Mizunos. I love them. I'm going to keep them. Yeah. I'll keep them probably for four or five seasons at you, least. But those are... You've been hitting them great. Those, those are pff, money. Money. Goodbye. Recommend. People go try the MP20s 100%. Of course, Mizuno does a great job again. I got the SM8 wedges coming in here soon, too. Those are fantastic. I already wore out my 58. Did you? Mm-hmm. My yeah. 60's already starting to show some, and I got a new 60 this year. It's was, that an S- was that an SM8? It was just the Vokey. It's a custom Vokey. <clears throat> so, I let's... Let's briefly talk about, like, this golf would be so exciting what happened recently, but it's just freaking boring. No fans there. It's just boring. Guys are hitting 70-foot putts, and it's you hear him yell, and like uh, a volunteer. Uh, it, that was very strange. It was very odd to me. Um, uh, I did not witness the um, – I had to rewind it to see the, the DJ putt, which was kind of weird because uh, I missed it. Um, but you saw ROMs, right? But I saw ROMs, and I was like, uh, what just happened? Um, that was that's crazy. crazy. I mean, there's two bomb-ass putts on the same hole. That is nuts. And and by the way, if ROM doesn't get that penalty stroke the day before, tournament's over anyway. <laughs> that dude, when he's hitting the ball well. Can you believe he did that, by the way? Did you see that? When he didn't mark his ball and just picked it up, like I, I don't think I've ever seen that anybody do that before, let alone a professional golfer. Phil hitting like a stupid putt until it didn't stop. Well, but here's the thing: like I look at those two, both hit, you know, little fades, 
on their tee shots and their and their irons, both. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a shot that is so more controllable than a hook, than a draw. Oh yeah, it just is. And if you can you know get it down, and it's got just as much power, like carry wise, you know, not roll, yeah. but. I mean, I've been playing a fade now for almost two years with my driver for the most part. I, th- I actually, last year... Have you year, considered it doing with your irons? Um, well, you know that. You know when I moved to it was three years ago when I just couldn't hit shit. Remember that? We went out to Fox Perry, and I go and I couldn't hit shit all day on the range, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to play a fade all day, and I ended up going out and shooting like 75 or something like that, 73, whatever I did. I just played a fade all day. Is that the day I chipped in on the first hole for an eagle? I think so, yeah. And, um, and you know, I look at it as, like, if I could find a good consistent ball flight with that and feel comfortable with it, I, I absolutely would play a fade with my irons. I just, you saw, you saw the flight that I was just hitting with that seven iron. I mean, it's, it's a pretty tight, compared to my big block draw that I used to play, I love that ball flight. So it, it's hard for me not to. And the thing is, I feel really comfortable hitting the driver. And I think this is where my longer clubs, it's like for some reason I hit the fade with the driver, and I have that all set up to do that. But then when I step down to either a three-wood or hybrids or whatever, or longer irons, I'm still trying to play this draw. And for some reason, maybe it's not transitioning well, and I've, I've got to figure out a, a plan. But Yeah, that's why I'm finally – I'm going to – I've got a theory what I'm doing right now, but I, I need to get it confirmed by someone who knows what the yeah. fuck they're doing. Well, that's what I told Michael, too, because I, I was like, dude, you need somebody to look at your swing in the moment, in the minute, and give you feedback right then and there and as you're hitting it. And then also then, after they've given you tips on your setup and whether it's your grip or just stuff before you even take the, you need, you need somebody to give you that instruction. And then next you need to be able to walk away from that lesson after an hour or however long you spend with them and know that you're going back to that person again. And they're going to, after you leave, they're going to be thinking about like what they could do the next time you come out. And that, that there is going to be valuable because they got to see you. You you leave. They're gonna th- they're not gonna think about you for the next week until you show up again. But they are after you leave. They're gonna be thinking about you know hmm what what else could I have done with that guy's swing? And when you come back, they're gonna revisit it and they're gonna go you know what here's something that came to mind or something popped up in my head as I was thinking about you know trying to get you to make that move or whatever it is. And hope a good pro would be doing that. I would I would hope. Is that they're they're at least going to give a little bit of thought to your swing after the lesson is over? Yeah, they better. <laughs> I mean, I would hope. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I mean, even Chubbs did that. I would. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's variations of how, like, I don't know. It depends on where you're at in your game of where you need to like make goals of where you need to get to, but. Sometimes you have to make a, such a m- massive change that you know that it's going to be a struggle for a while. And that's the way I knew last year. I, get, I knew it was going to be a struggle this whole year. And I'm getting better. But, dude, golf swings just don't change that fast. No. You just don't improve that quick. It just takes time. Yep. 
And then once you you get good with it, you get comfortable and you committed to it, it and then your fucking game can just leap. Especially guys that are higher handicappers, you can all of a sudden just jump. Oh, I mean, I look at like Scotty Sexton, who went out two seasons ago and just made up his mind he was going to work with a pro and change his swing to the point where he could have something that's consistent. And that dude hits that fade very consistently now. It's money. And just bombs it. And when he's on, dude's on. And he's a good putter. Yeah. So, you know, I'm one thing about somebody who hasn't played a ton and, um, you know, has adjusted their game is that they, they don't have as much of the uh, course management or knowledge of some of the random shots you get in golf and things like that. And I, I'm sure at times people that don't have as much experience playing in uh, events and tournaments and stuff that can get frustrating at times. Cause you're like, you think I got to hit everything perfect when golf is not a game of perfect, man. No, it's, it's a about game get, of misses. It's, a, it's about getting the ball in the fucking hole. Yeah. You got to figure out how to get the ball in the hole. And like, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. No. And a lot of higher handicappers, even like, even tens, they're thinking about like, how I need to perfect my swing. How I yeah. need to hit. No, dude. No. Yeah. No. No. You can perfect your short game. Mm-hmm. Not, not where you're hitting every putt, but you can perfect like your chipping and your putting technique. Yeah, that's so much more repeatable than a drive. Oh, that I mean, yeah, drive. There's so many different condition conditions, uh, the way the hole shaped, things like that. How it fits your like. I step up to hole number three tee box, and I never feel comfortable. Like I, to me, it's easy to me. Like I yeah. hit that every time. It's yeah. just easy. And number seven, unless it's downwind, I I can't I can't do it. I just got nothing. Or I'm from the blue tee. But then you should be hitting driver there. Dude, Johnny hit on Sunday a three into the wind, like a 350 or 370-yard drive. He had eight iron into that green on Sunday. Into the wind from back from back there where that was. That how far how far was, was insane. He, how far was he in? 165, 170? Probably like 170. Tad was 180, 185. Hmm? Tad. Tad. He bombs it. Yeah. Bombs it. And his was like, it was carry. I was like, dude, how? And I was like, Tad, you hit it that far, but then he like gets pissed. I was like, <laughs> it's like, if I could hit it that far and straight, that's the key, straight. Like, you can hit it. Like, you would be 200 in. Yeah. You know. I, honestly, if I actually made a shoulder turn, I could hang with those guys. I just don't make a shoulder turn. You 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 have a very um, but you hit what you hit with good height on the ball. You come up really well. So a height on a drive is huge. It yeah, makes, I, I get a lot of carry. Yeah, I mean your apex is probably like one ten, one twenty, like every time. Mine's like eighty, seventy, and that dude, that's gonna cut off twenty, thirty yards at a time. It sucks. It's part I'm gonna work on, but. <laughs> Then I hit the billy club. I go up there and I can hit that thing 260. Yeah. <laughs> Same distance as your driver. I know. Amazing. But people say, like, you just hit, it was your driver. I was like, yeah. No, it was my billy club. Two yeah. hybrid. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Well, so, we, we have a lot to work on in the off season. Well, Mr. Falkenberg. Well, what do you, um, so let's, uh, let's just switch over to the pro game and then we'll, we'll try some booze. But what do you think? Of 
it, we talked about this last year. We both think I, I think you think it's garbage too. So the way they start these stupid scores out at the tour championship, like it, Dustin Johnson and, and John Rahm having a head start, it's just it's not who how, how do they lose? No, here how does it doesn't make any sense. What's his name? McKenzie um, Hughes. Like, here, here's the way I look. Where's Jason Kokrak? I mean, come on. Here's here's the way I look at this. Is that no different than a lot of other sports or whatever it is. You qualify to get there. And then once once you get there, then it's winner take all. And it's it's not a you've created a lead. No, that that doesn't make any sense. So this is now like a uh you know f- what 16 hole tournament? It's the dumbest rule. It's the Yeah. It's dumb. It, you, or you might as well just make it a 16-hole tournament spread out over four weeks and just combine the scores over the four weeks versus doing this point thing and creating leads or whatever if you really want to do that and you and you just keep making cuts if you want to. That actually might be... God, now that I think about it, that might actually the, be a better the, strategy. I, the reasoning is like these people should be rewarded because they put themselves in the, leads, in the head standing in the points. It's like they've already been rewarded. They won a bunch of fucking money. Right. I'm like they've already they won they was like they've been rewarded, right? So get them in there and let's have a battle with thirty guys and let's yeah. make it like a starting. You, you box. still had to be in the top thirty to make it to this one, so it's like they've lopped off people that aren't, and they still it. have their points, right? Right. So where they finish at the they well, still, that's that's what they decided to get rid of the points, and this is what they're setting it up as because the way they used to do oh, it, yeah, 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 you're right. The, basically, yep, the yep. way they used to do it is like. The only way you could essentially win is if you, ba- you know, like if you're in 30th place, the only way you could get there is if like you basically won the tournament, yeah. right? Or whatever it is. And now they're trying to make a situation where like people exactly know where they stand from a stroke perspective versus a point perspective. And I I get the logic there, but it still seems weird. I'd, I'd rather actually see a 16-hole tournament that where you make cuts three different times, right? Or two different times. I guess you make two different cuts or three different cuts. And you keep lopping them down. And they just keep carrying the strokes over four weeks with the tournaments. Fine. Then then it's not... Everybody who made the playoffs has the opportunity for their strokes to keep counting all the way to the deal. And you know what? DJ is going to be in a great spot. Still. I, I, I just... I, Throw the points out the window. I just don't like points. It. Just get you qualified for the playoffs. Then it starts. It's a four-week tournament that just it's stroke play over four weeks where they're going to make three different cuts. Yeah, the mix of points to you know doesn't matter. It, the, the mix of points that making it no points at the end. I yeah, after yeah. I, I I don't know. I so had just a brain fart start with that. start just get rid of the points as soon as you start the playoffs and just make it a four-week stroke play event over four different courses and they just keep adding on and like so after week one you go into week two at 12 under par if you won the tournament last week and or if if you still if you made the cut to move on to week three and you made it at even par for the tournament guess what you're 12 shots behind the guy going even into week two i don't give a shit but you go out and play week two you never know what guy in in week two is going to happen i mean Dustin's stroke gang gained against the field is like it's like three shots. It's like it's insane. It's like a number that's like Tiger Woods dominant area. Like he is so far ahead. 
yeah. of guys right now. Like there, it's 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 unfair almost. If he plays even remotely like he's been playing, no. it's over. Yeah, it's it's just what done. The, how much of a lead does he have? Two shots, him? just two. That's yeah. not much. Two, and it's only against I think Rom. Yeah. And then the other guys are like maybe four or six back. Maybe I don't know. That's a bigger. I mean, six shots. I mean, over four days. It's not that much for these guys. Not we've been playing like him. So, well, what's your who's your prediction then? Let's make a prediction and then we'll go try some booze. Okay. Well, let's. I'm gonna look this up real quick. I'm gonna find out who the hell's even in it. Uh, let's see. FedEx Cup. I just want to make sure. FedEx Cup. Search here. And we got. Uh, where's the starting thing? Come on. It's got to be a good thing here. I've got it here. You found it? I just have it on it. Do you have the PGA Tour app? Yeah. It's on there. Is it? I'll open it up. PGA Tour app. I'll get it. Yep. PGA Tour app. So it shows like what they're starting at. I thought this it. is really good material here. Oh yeah, it does. So you got Dustin Johnson ten under, John yeah. Rahm at eight, Justin Thomas seven, Webb's at six, Morikawa five, Berger English DeChambeau M, and Matsuyama at four. Brendan Todd, McElroy Reed, Shoffley Munoz at three. Griffin Scheffler. Neiman, Hatton, Finau at two. Kiz, Answer, Palmer, Na, Leishman at one. And Cameron Smith, Victor Hovland, Hughes, Champ, Horschel all at even. A 30th place guy gets paid 400 grand. I know. It's amazing. Wow. Second place pays $5 million. $5 million. For second, third place makes like three million. That's fucking nuts. It's, it's crazy. Is it, it's, is it like an annuity? Uh, I think it. I think it's paid over time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's all lumped. Yeah, I don't think it's a lump. It's all based off how many packages FedEx sends out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of dough to put out there. How's Justin? Did Justin Thomas win? That much on tour that he gained that he had this many points. Does he have three wins this year? Does he? I think he God does. Damn. I mean, I knew Webb was in. Markawa's got two, right? Yeah. Must have got a ton of points for the PGA. I don't know. I'm. I. I. Who's your prediction? I mean, the top. If if the if the top six out of the top six doesn't win, I'd be shocked. I'd love to know how these guys have played at East Lake before. I wish I had a history on on that. Scheffler, he's he's won there as I predicted this guy at the beginning of the season. You can go back in our archives. I, this kid was going to be a yeah. stud. He's a rookie and so he was talking today. I saw something on Golf Channel. They were giving uh, the Payne Stewart award to Zach Johnson today. And Scheffler was there. I don't know why they were talking to him, but they had him up there. And he had won uh, as a like an amateur there for some type of amateur event like a year or two ago. 
So, you know, he, he knows that course well. Okay. He could be a guy that could get on fire. He's gone low. He's gone real low. He Didn't he have 59? Uh, he was the 60 six? or 50. No, he had the 59. Yeah, yeah, he's the 59 guy. Yeah, you'd never know that he had the 59, but he can go low. Imagine if you shot 59. Some guy shot 55 this week or something like what? that. What? Where? Some shit course in Kansas or something, Missouri or something like that. I don't know. What? Like for real? Like in a tournament? Don't know. Just random post. Golf.com, you know, Golf Magazine Fuck posted that. it, though. From so like, I'm like, from like the purple 6,400 yards or something like that. I mean, it's still, you had a hole in one on the second hole, then like, Birdied. He had to birdie every hole. He pretty much birdie and eagled like the rest of them on the way out. And then on the way in, he birdied. I don't know. He he might have been eight under on the front. And then seven, seven or eight under on the back. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. You did that. I might, if I did that, I might quit golf. Yeah, I'd be done. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like, I mean, like, doesn't uh, get much better. Uh, than this. <laughs> I'll I mean, talk about it, but I'm never picking up a club again because it, like, it can't get better. No, it can't. Yeah. If you can shoot in the, I mean, shooting the fifty. I don't know if Tiger's ever shot in the fifties on a in a tournament round. No, I don't. I don't even know if he ever has. I don't think he has. I mean, it's so hard, so hard. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, what has Furyk done it twice though? I think that, I think Furyk did it in a senior event what two weeks ago. Freak, he is a freak when it comes when he gets on. He's oh, he's yeah. like he's well, he makes every putt, just makes them all. When he's seeing when he's reading greens, it's crazy. So um, I like. Um, I like uh, I like Webb Simpson to come back from four shots. I mean, that's not a bad. I mean, if he gets hot, he's from the area. He right? took he took the week off because he's just cocky as shit, and he already knew he was like going to be in the hunt. And <laughs> he already knew he was basically going to win a million or two dollars. So he took the fucking week <laughs> off. Like fuck you, I'm not even going to play in the BMW, and I can just still win five million dollars. I think uh or fifteen million dollars. I think it's still it's DJ wins it. Has he won it before? Nope. Nope. And you sure heard him talk about it. So what would it mean to you, Dustin, to win? <laughs> well, you know, it, it means a lot, you know, if I really want to put down my resume win the FedEx Cup, you know, everybody wants to win it. Oh yeah, well, I want to win it. <laughs> I mean, what a douche. I mean, just, like, <laughs> just a douche. I, yeah, I just uh, uh, well, I, I, know, I think it would be cool. <laughs> yeah. It would be really cool to win it. I'm really, I'm really proud of myself this year. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, but he's incredible golfer. Jesus. 30 under. That's amazing. At a golf course, it's not that easy. No. Imagine if you shot 22 under and you didn't win a fucking golf car- tournament. That was Harris English. Yeah. He's like, I shot... 22 under. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. You lost my eight shots. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats on your second. No one's ever going to remember it. <laughs> yeah. How much How much money did you win? I hope it was a lot because uh, 
They're only going to remember Dustin shooting yeah. 30 under. All right, let's have a cocktail. All right. All right. Hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Um, we took a little break, swinging the Mizunos all the way through the through the set. I wanted to see what my yardage gaps were. A lot of miss hits, a lot of good shots though too. My uh, my ball flight is very consistent with a little draw, which I like. So I, I'm, I'm attribute that to the shafts. I like that. So we're gonna try out this. Local, yes, local. What is local this? straight bourbon whiskey? Yep. Old Hammer, the Old Hammer, uh, West Fork dis- uh, whiskey. Yep, they're a distillery here in Indy. Nice. So they said they like resurrected this this bourbon. So in 19th century, some called it the finest whiskey around. Okay, I guess the guys that made it. Okay. We can still call it that for years. The Hammer family operated in a mill in Lawrence County, Indiana. Where the hell is Lawrence County? Is that where Bedford or something that? That would I don't know. Maybe distilling excess corn and selling it to whiskey lovers. It's a little corn base. Once yeah. lost in the sands of time, old, old Hammer is ready to enjoy again. So, hmm. local distillery. So you said Lawrence Township. Lawrence County. Oh, county. Okay. Where is that at? Uh, hold on. I'm looking it up. Um, Lawrence County, Indiana. That you is south of Bloomington. Yeah, you were right. So so it's down near... Um, what is that? Uh, gosh, yeah, that's south of... Bloomington. Okay. Yeah, like Bedford area type. Yep. So yours is it's gonna be even further south of Bedford, I think. But that's not where they make this now. Yeah. But that's where they originally made it. This so I guess they claim that's what the recipe was from. Mm -hmm. You know you know this distillery is going here in Westfield. Oh, okay. The West Fork one. So nice. Right there above Grand Park, close to us. Oh. 191st and Horton. All right. Yeah, right there. So this, I think, is going to be a little watered down. What yeah. you're going to get, so you have to get a little good little sip. Let's give it a whirl. Okay, let's give it a whirl. A little spice in the end. Yeah, um, I would. I would say um, this is young, and it's watered down already. Before even we put it on ice, is my guess. I put, our, this ice melted quick. Still, and I, maybe we should try it neat too. But I don't. I think I think we do need to try it neat. I'm gonna grab just a just a smidge. Hold on, just a sec. But I, it's good. We just might need to try a little splash neat. Um, because we we might have iced it up a little bit too much here. I don't want. I want to give it more credit than uh, best we can. Okay. We have. Oh, by the way, we have uh, upcoming next week the Intercontinental, the TPC Intercontinental. Um, shook up the floor uh, or the format a little bit this year. Um, 
we're doing a, it's still going to be a member member um, event for our neighborhood TPC, but um, we're going to play a front nine best ball, back nine scramble, and then a shootout. Five team shootout on the par three course at Pinehurst, modified Pinehurst, where you both tee off, but then it's alternate from there. So you got to pick one. I think it'll be a really interesting way to finish that off. And we got a Calcutta going and a random draw going. It's going to be good. So as I predicted, it is a little watered it's down. It's watered down. Which, so the, um, you remember when we did the old 55? Yeah. Right? The other Indiana guy? He basically, I mean, he told us, he told me when I met him that they basically water it down. And they make it, what, 80 proof or less or even something like that, whatever it is. To, because it's so young. When it's so young, it's so stiff, right? Right. It's just, there's, like, the alcohol just has too much bite. They got to water it down. And then they don't have as much because they're a young distillery. So they're trying to actually, like, create quantity <laughs> and get it coming out there. Now, the flavoring in it, I, can, I, I see the potential in this for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, this stuff starts getting to the seven, eight-year-old. Where where they're really bottling it up where they want to, and they're keep they have to be keeping good batches. Oh yeah, they're keeping good batches. But um, I think you start getting this stuff to the seven eight years and some like this is going to be quality. We should probably buy some quality whiskey. A few of these bottles now. Why? So and not open them. Oh that, no, it's not like wine. They, it, oh they, yeah, they, they have to do it in the barrel. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be in the barrels. Yeah, yeah. The barrels. It's not like wine. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget that. It, the aging doesn't matter. The aging is in the barrel, yeah. not in the, or the cask or whatever. Could you it's put it in a barrel? Right, yeah. Can we dump it out and put it in a barrel? <laughs> Be great. Yeah, I think they're more. I like it, it, though. I, it's, I think It's not I think bad. there's something here. And I, I, what I've seen, and I went to that, uh, what's the one, what's the distillery there in, in Westfield? The one you were telling me about it behind the little car dealership, uh, um, 1205 or? yeah. Is that what, what it's called? Maybe? Yeah, it is. Something like that. Some, some number. And what, I think what would be good with this, and just good, obviously, guys that seem to know what they're doing, because I feel like they know what they're doing, um, you know, mix in a nice old-fashioned or a cocktail, I think this would be fantastic. Um, I think on its own, it's, uh, it's meant to be a little watered down, and it's still good. Um, and there's some characteristics, but I bet you put some bitters in here, and you, you know... Uh, a little sugar, and I bet you this is this can make a really good cocktail. It's not bad. It's yep. not bad. Yep, not great, but not bad. I, I we've can, had better. I mean, like that Johnny Drum. It's better than that shit. Oh, that shit is so overrated. It's ridiculous. That Johnny Drum is horrible. It's awful. It's, it's piss. <laughs> it's a, it's 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 kind of like Pappy to me. Will it? It's kind of pissy. Wit. <laughs> Will it owns them too. And Willa is good. Because the Pappy stuff, is t it's not good. When I've drank the, like the 12-year or whatever, or the 10-year, and it was like, super expensive, I was like, dude, this is like kerosene. It's bad. It's not even good. I mean, it was like it was like lighter fluid. Like, you got to drink this neat. I'm like, why? Yeah. No, like, what, put, make it an old-fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way I felt when I drank it. For the I mean, I don't time. know if it's that bad as what you're saying. No. It's not as bad as Johnny Drum, but it's... No. <laughs> It's <laughs> I, when and, I had and, it, I wasn't that impressed. And, may, and maybe my palate 
the times that I've had it, it wasn't as refined as maybe it is today. But we, I tell you what, when I've had it, we didn't do the bell me, did we? Testing on here. Remember the one I had you over the fire pit we had? No, I don't think we had did that on the show. That one's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that one was very good. I mean, that's a solid bourbon. Yep. Well, we had the other night when you were over. We had that. Uh, I like that mix. Michters. Oh, yeah, that's Michters good. Or whatever that's a it rye in it. Uh, that one wasn't the rye. It was just the American whiskey. It was really good. I Michters like is good. They know what they're doing. Yep. I mean, there is there is a great, a uh, huge amount of distilleries out there that know what they're doing from like the $50 to $75 range. Which to me, I don't want to spend more than, much more than that. And why? I end up getting the giant bottle of Woodford for like $55 or whatever it is at Costco. Yeah, I do the same thing Buffalo Trace. Because it's 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 good. It does the same job, and I can drink it just over ice. I don't have to mix it with anything. Woodford's solid. Like, Buffalo Trace is my go-to. Yeah. It's just a good I, I had a Buffalo Trace um, uh, old-fashioned old fashioned last night at Italian House. I do it those, very too. very good. They're good. I know. You're an old-fashioned kind of guy. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> but some people, like... They they sugar them up too much, and I don't want them yeah. over sugared. Yeah, can you just put a splash of sugar? Oh, in there? I, that's why I just use a little sugar cube. I drop that in there, smash it up. Townhouse makes a decent old fashioned, and uh, so I smash that in one, and then I you know I, I like getting a little orange in there, and we're pretty much good to go. A couple dashes of bitters and done. It's most it's mostly liquor when I make an old fashioned. And mine too, but like. Um, we go to the Hart family Christmas, and um, John's brother always is making old fashions, and he's always got a big bottle of Seven Up that he makes it with. Like that's the sugar, you know. And I'm like, eh, it's not really an old fashioned. It's like bourbon and Seven Up. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the bourbon he uses? I, he's usually got like Jack Daniels or something like that. You know, it's not even bourbon. It's like Tennessee whiskey. Jack isn't awful, though. No. It's really not. Oh, if you're making a mixed drink, I think Jack's fine. Jack might be the it's, best. It's for... better than Jim Beam. Jim Beam is fucking shit. I don't, I don't know how people drank that stuff back it's in the terrible. day. It's terrible. Like, people would like be like, I'll take a Beam and Coke. I'm like, on purpose? One time I ever drank a Beam and Coke is when somebody gave it to me for free. Once you get like a well whiskey yeah, right. versus you'd Beam. Be just, you'd be just as good off. I mean, Beam is just bad. Beam could be well whiskey that they just slap a label on and throw some marketing at. I don't know how that sells. Like, I heard the Beam, like, there's a Beam, like, um, like a high-end Jim Beam. I I don't see how it can... I mean, it's been around forever, right? It's like the original bourbon, but it's shit. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, The one that, if I'm going to go, like, I hate to call it, like, well... But if I'm definitely just like mixing a cocktail, whether it's with a Coke or maybe making a, a Sprite old fashioned or seven up, I'll do Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is good for that. Canadian? No. Are I'm they can, no? Yeah, I'm, who's can, who's the Canadian whiskey? The uh, Royal uh, Crown Royal. Crown Royal. Who else am I thinking? There's another Canadian one. That's like. Supposed to be halfway decent. Yeah, there's not much. No, that's what's the one that uh, Jim drinks from uh, CVS. 
<laughs> what is that? What is that <laughs> shit? Is that? Oh, God. The grand grand legacy. Grand legacy. Grand legacy. <laughs> that stuff is. Our neighbor drinks this Canadian whiskey called from CVS. It's their, you know, it's just their generic well. It's a half gallon grand, for yeah, gets twenty bucks or fifteen 20. bucks. Dude, I think it might be ten. <laughs> I think a half gallon is like ten dollars. Maybe maybe ten ninety nine. Think of that for a second. And th- dude, this guy, you want to talk about a guy who throws a splash of coke into something? They just a splash. It's good stuff. And he's up. He's up early the next day. What's going on? Crushing it, man. I just don't know how you drink that shit and you function. Yeah. I don't know either. It's the That's, grand legacy. Yeah, grand legacy. All right. Well. Um, Good show there. This is the second to last episode of this season. Uh, we we this is our second season of the Faded Golf Podcast, and we kind of follow the same thing as the PGA Tour. Even though we're even though we're not all about the PGA Tour, our seasons follow essentially the PGA Tour schedule. So this will uh, next our next episode will be our last episode of season two, and we'll move on to season three. But cool, good stuff, uh, good stuff. And with that. I will uh, say, as I always do, go out there, hit more greens. You'll score better. Maybe. Thanks, John. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I shot. Hey, I hit 16 greens and shot even pot. See y'all.